Welcome to Music for Life, enhancing the Armstrong concert experience. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. In today's episode, we will explore two well-known orchestral works by Felix Mendelssohn, his Hebrides Overture, and his Italian Symphony, both inspired by his trips to Scotland and Italy, respectively. These two works will be performed at Armstrong Auditorium on Thursday, November 1st in an all-Mendelssohn program presented by the Mozart Orchestra of New York under the baton of the legendary conductor Gerard Schwartz. So stick around as we explore Mendelssohn's Scottish and Italian inspirations today on Music for Life. The 20th anniversary season of our Armstrong International Cultural Foundation's Performing Arts Series is now underway, and we are excited to encore a few artists from previous seasons. Back in the 2015-16 season, we hosted the Mozart Orchestra of New York and its legendary conductor, Gerard Schwartz. They did an all-Mozart program featuring the final three Mozart symphonies, and we discussed this in episode 20 of Music for Life. They will be returning for the second performance of this 2018-19 concert season. This time, the touring 45-piece orchestra will come with an all-Mendelssohn program, as well as a specific featured soloist, violin superstar, and Akiko Myers. But in addition to performing the Mendelssohn Violin Concerto, the orchestra itself will be performing Mendelssohn's Hebrides Overture and his most famous symphony, Symphony No. 4, nicknamed the Italian. We will talk about these latter two works today. We'll also explain what is so Italian about Mendelssohn's Fourth Symphony, but first we'll talk about this Hebrides Overture. If you listen to this program a fair bit, you will know what an overture is, and if you've traveled to northwestern Europe, particularly the British Isles, you will likely know what the Hebrides are. The Hebrides are a group of islands off the western coast of Scotland. This archipelago was the site of a three-week trip that Felix Mendelssohn took in the summer of 1829. Traveling Europe extensively might be considered the equivalent of a college education at this time, which the young composer embarked on at the age of 20. His parents, fans of British and Scottish writers, suggested that the British Isles be the place Mendelssohn traveled to first, before places more commonly traveled like France and Italy. He eventually got to Italy, as we will see when we discuss his Italian symphony, but we'll explore one of the great works that came from this Scottish excursion. The Hebrides Overture wasn't the only work Felix composed under inspiration of this region. He also composed his Symphony No. 3, nicknamed the Scottish Symphony, which we've discussed on this program before. But for the sake of this episode, these program notes to the All Mendelssohn program coming to Armstrong on November 1st we'll stick with discussing the overture inspired by this Scottish trip. Now, before we do that, I will mention that the website MendelssohnInScotland.com is a wonderful virtual museum of the composer's travels throughout that area. If you're interested in that, a link will be provided in this episode's show notes. Okay, so let's talk about the actual music here. This is a programmatic piece of music, an instrumental work meant to depict something specific rather than just being abstract music. Nature is a common theme for programmatic music, as we've explored frequently in Vivaldi's Four Seasons when we've talked about that. By Mendelssohn's time, it was becoming much more common for composers to write programmatic music. The orchestral genre known as the concert overture was commonly chosen chosen to do this. This is not an overture in the sense of it preceding a vocal drama like an opera or an oratorio. This is a standalone orchestral work meant to depict whatever its title suggests. Mendelssohn originally called it the Lonely Isle Overture, though we could not be sure which of these many aisles specifically inspired this work. By the time of the work's completion, though, he changed the name to The Hebrides. Four years later, a publisher added 
added the subtitle Fingal's Cave, a famous cave in that area, but it is not believed to be the intention of the composer nor the specific location of the inspiration for this work. In August of 1829, Mendelssohn sketched the main themes of the work and wrote above this, In order to make you understand how extraordinarily the Hebrides affected me, the following came into my mind there. So Mendelssohn readily admits that this work is inspired by the region, and it certainly captures the essence of the area. One critic said the composer succeeded in his attempts to reflect, quote, the howling of the wind and roaring of the waves, and where nothing living is seen except the seabird whose reign is there undisturbed by human intruder, unquote. The work was completed around 1830, but he revised it over the next couple of years, and in 1832 he wrote to his sister Fanny, who was also a gifted composer and musician, I still do not consider it finished. The middle part, forte in D major, is very stupid and savors more of counterpoint than of oil and seagulls and dead fish, oil from the steamers in which he traveled, and it ought to be the very reverse, he wrote. Instead of going into an in-depth analysis of all the musical elements, I'll just give you the two main themes to listen for. Beyond that, feel free to let your imagination work as you hear this programmatic music. Perhaps look up some images of the Hebrides as you listen, if you have that opportunity. The main theme, or what we would call the A theme, is this descending motive in a minor key, B minor to be exact. And it is repeated several times within the first phrase. The second theme, what we'd call the B theme, is this ascending motive. Which is the relative and sunnier major key of D major. I'll leave it up to your refined ears to catch all the presentations of these themes throughout this wonderful piece of music. Enjoy this programmatic concert overture, The Hebrides, by Felix Mendelssohn. This is a recording of Claudio Abado conducting the London Symphony Orchestra.
You are listening to Music for Life. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. This is KPCG. In this episode, we are exploring two well-known orchestral works by Felix Mendelssohn, his Hebrides Overture, and his Italian Symphony in the lead-up to their performance at Armstrong Auditorium Thursday, November 1st by the Mozart Orchestra of New York under Gerard Schwartz. We just heard the Hebrides Overture, that dramatic overture, and that final loud note, but then it gets very quiet as the orchestra just uh, dissolves away into very pianissimo playing. And that was a recording from the London Symphony Orchestra under Claudio Abbado. 
Next, let's talk about the other great symphonic work on the docket for today. And this was another work inspired by the composer's travels, the Symphony No. 4 or the Italian Symphony. Not long after his Scottish tour, Mendelssohn visited Italy, and this was in the years of 1830 through 1831. Now, while in Italy, he was not impressed with the music there. He wrote, I have not heard a single note worth remembering. He complained that the music in Naples was most inferior and that the orchestras in Rome were unbelievably bad. (laughs) He began his Italian symphony while still on tour, perhaps to rectify what he felt was wrong with the Italian music at the time. He wrote to his sister from Rome that he thought it would be the jolliest piece I have written so far. And that is certainly true of the first movement, which is easily the most famous movement of the four. We've played parts of it on this program before, but here's a little bit of insight into some specific things to listen for as we play it. This movement is, as we'd expect, in Sonata Allegro form, a form that features two contrasting themes. The first theme is this lively tune. The B theme goes like this. These two themes are presented in what we call the exposition, and then the exposition is repeated. For the sake of time, I'll jump into the exposition as it happens the second time, since many of our listeners will be familiar with this movement.
We just heard the famous first movement of Felix Mendelssohn's Symphony No. 4, nicknamed the Italian Symphony, in a recording by Claudio Abbado conducting the London Symphony Orchestra. As we would expect, the second movement now, out of four total, is the slow movement. This movement is characterized by this melancholy main theme, which is comprised of two major phrases. The first phrase goes like this. The second phrase goes like this. The reason I split up these two large phrases is because Mendelssohn has the oboe, bassoon, and violas play the first phrase, and then the violins repeat that phrase. And then the oboe, bassoon, and violas play the second phrase, and the violins subsequently respond to that by repeating that phrase as well. You'll hear this back and forth in the recording. Now, after that happens, there is a brighter, cheerier middle section characterized by this melody. So enjoy all of these aspects from this lovely second movement, Mendelssohn's Italian Symphony. Again, this is a recording by Claudio Abbado conducting the London Symphony Orchestra.
Claudio Abbado conducted the London Symphony Orchestra in that recording of the second movement of Felix Mendelssohn's Italian Symphony, the composer's fourth symphony. We're exploring this symphony more in depth, not just because it's a great piece of music, but because the Mozart Orchestra of New York under Gerard Schwartz will be performing this work here at Armstrong Auditorium on Thursday, November 1st. The third movement, out of four total, is characterized by the tempo and dignity of the minuet, which was more common for earlier symphonies. So Mendelssohn is employing a more traditional or old-fashioned, if you will, approach to this third movement. This old-fashioned dance was always in ternary form, three parts in other words, with the first and third sections being identical and the middle section, known as the trio section, as being the contrasting section. So just to give you a heads up to where these sections are, the main minuet section is known by this legato theme... Then the trio section contrasts this by using this more fanfare-like theme. So let's hear this third movement, again, out of four total, of Mendelssohn's Italian Symphony in the recording we've been hearing by the London Symphony Orchestra under Claudio Abbado. Thank you. 
You are listening to Music for Life. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. This is KPCG. In today's episode, we have explored two well-known orchestral works by Felix Mendelssohn, his Hebrides Overture, and his Italian Symphony, in the lead-up to their performance at Armstrong Auditorium Thursday, November 1st, by the Mozart Orchestra of New York under Gerard Schwartz. Maestro Schwartz and the Mozart Orchestra of New York will be providing an all-Mendelssohn program. They will also be teaming up with violin superstar Anne Akiko Myers to perform Mendelssohn's exquisite violin concerto in E minor. I plan to spotlight all these artists in our next episode, the conductor, the orchestra, the violin soloist, and we should have an exclusive interview for you with the violin soloist, Ms. Myers. So I hope you tune in next week. As always, more information about this event and all the Armstrong Auditorium events can be found at armstrongauditorium.org. You can follow Armstrong on social media, and you can follow this program on social media with the handle Music for Life PCG. We just heard the third movement of Felix Mendelssohn's Italian Symphony. Let's close today's episode with the fourth and final movement of this Symphony Number no. 4. This dramatic movement is considered to be the most Italian of the four in the sense of using rhythms from the Neapolitan dances in that country. Mendelssohn puts the word saltarello as part of the tempo marking for this movement, meaning it is meant to evoke this style of folk dance prevalent in Rome. His saltarello also has been considered as a blend with another Italian folk dance, the tarantella, the dance one would do when supposedly frenzied by a tarantula bite, which we've discussed on previous episodes. Here are two major themes that you can listen for when listening to this movement. Here is the main theme, or the A theme. And then here is the contrasting B theme. So let's hear this driving, energetic finale movement now. I'll play an exciting recording of Herbert von Karajan conducting the Berlin Philharmonic. I hope you enjoy, and I hope to see you soon at Armstrong. Thank you. 
You have been listening to Music for Life, a production of KPCG 101.3 on the FM dial in Edmond, Oklahoma. From the Herbert W. Armstrong College campus, I'm Ryan Malone. Thanks for joining me.